What's up, uh, everyone? Jojo Morask here, Outside the Box, Lacrosse um, Podcast, and uh, Redwoods. Roll Woods, baby. We're flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse. You're now listening to the Outside the Box Podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. going on everybody we are back it is another edition of the outside the box podcast right here on underground sports philadelphia kyle bennett otb herm live from underground studios got a nice little show today herm uh our boy from redwoods jojo marasco will be joining us later in the show we teased that on our recap show so jojo will be joining us in just a little bit but uh it's a bye week before the playoffs so we're just chilling maxing and relaxing all cool uh, not playing b-ball outside the school. Wow, that was a lot of lyrics all at that once. Was. What is going on, everybody? <laughs> I am so happy to be here. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, wherever you get SoundCloud. your podcast. SoundCloud, you know, we all get them from different places. I personally prefer Overcast, but make sure you hit the subscribe button so you get the notification when the new episodes are up, and then it if you have an iPhone, feel free to go into the Apple iTunes reviews, ratings, whatever they call them these days, you know, those cool cats they are over there at Apple, and leave us a five-star rating and review. And in your review, I want you to ask me some questions because we need content, and I love answering questions on this show. Facts. But, and we, we just love reading the five-star reviews. And I love reading five-star reviews on the show. I mean, I'll do it next time I get a five-star rating and review. Bingo. But, um... Dude, I am kind of bummed out that we don't have Premier Lacrosse this weekend. We do not, uh, but we do I, have some stuff to talk about regarding the events in Albany that happened that we talked about on the recap course. show, which you haven't, if you haven't already, go check it out. Now, one of my thoughts was, instead of making this a bye week, maybe they should have had like a single game, the, maybe the, uh, pl- not playing game, what are we calling it, the, the first draft round game. draft pick game. Maybe they should have had that this weekend, which would have made things interesting. Maybe do like a single game at like a Homewood. I mean, it's a smaller venue, obviously, but we'll draw a huge crowd even for just a single game. I could see that happening next year. Yeah, I totally could too. And I, but I just think, I, dude, I think, these, I think these this weeks year, without lacrosse just kill me. I think man. this year they wanted to just keep all six teams together whenever they had a weekend. But right. Next no, year, totally. when it goes to eight, like we're speculating, I think that could happen. But speaking of next year, too, real quick before we get into the meat and potatoes of this episode. Meat and potatoes. Paul, Paul Rabel, founder of the PLL, tweeted a picture of his nifty little Sharpies the other day. Right. He's, is he sponsored by Sharpie now because he has personalized Paul Rabel Sharpies? That's pretty cool. That's when you know you've made it. If Sharpie wants to sponsor us, feel free. Right. But you don't. You know you've made it when your Sharpies have your own name on them. Like exactly. you're going to sign autograph. That's so meta, man. You're signing autographs of a autograph pen that they made through an autograph wow inception um, excellent but in the background of that picture Herman, I mean, we retweeted this on our twitter at otb laxpod paul's computer was pulled up and it said pll 2.0 right and then it said something about pll 2020 yeah. now this was not an accident in no. any way shape or form this paul, is like the little teasers at the paul end of marvel movies loves playing with our little minds here we're like his little <laughs> rats and he's just dangling cheese over our little noses but um no i'm super excited i mean obviously he mentioned it in his vlog a couple weeks back that they were having strategy meetings in new york and that the next season was already in full swing essentially when it comes to coming up with endorsement deals, coming out with action plans for different venues and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's all this, the important minor things that you have to get together bef- well in advance before the event actually takes place. Like, for example, I heard 
when so where I go to college is right outside of Charlottesville and obviously there was a lot of that horrible all the horrible things that happened in Charlottesville last year and so they did the Charlottesville Unity concert and apparently because they did it so fast the security team that they needed wasn't prepared in any way shape or form however that is something that they had to book like a year in advance and they did it within two weeks so I mean that's probably the stuff that they're squaring away now for next season like security different buses i guess probably venues, venues. i mean the venues have to already probably yeah. scheduled. uh but looking at this too and zooming in there's a little bit at the bottom that says 2020 league recap like you said and then it looks like it says dcr2 dc round two no like i think 2020 recap this is how we, we know that he scripted the whole <laughs> season because he already has the recap to the 2020 season i mean <laughs> this league is rigged <laughs> man uh, and then it says it's it's pretty fuzzy because he took this in portrait mode uh dc r2 5 regroup and then it has the 28th which was yesterday it, as we recorded dc this. is probably like decision committee or something probably like uh people who are in charge or something i wouldn't look in too far i mean obviously they're probably gonna stop in washington dc again that was oh, one absolutely. of the best events of the summer the crowds were unreal and i honestly think that audi field next year would be an easy sellout yeah. because i mean the pll is growing people are going to want to get out there and i mean it's a great venue it's a really clean great press box i would love to be there again audi seats yeah i mean it was just a, it just was no a rain wonderful place i mean that rain was wild though <laughs> yeah no no kidding so but yeah pl I mean, 2.0 how did we already get, in the works how did we get here <laughs> <laughs> okay guys um let's talk about brett queener yeah so um, uh tough situation guys big old verdict came down this week first suspension in pll history right and uh, fine and fine brett queener for his uh hit to the head on Jules Henningberg, has uh, been fined and suspended for one game, so Brett Queener will not be available for the, the draft pick game. Right. It will all be uh, a one-goalie affair for Johnny Chrome. Galloway, baby. Going to hold it down between the pipes, Syracuse boy. Now, this is the first time we've seen this, so the PLL is kind of setting a precedent now, and I think they did the right thing. No, I completely agree. And, uh, I mean, we, I said it on the recap show. I obviously will never advocate for somebody to take a shot at someone's head in any way, shape, or form or have an illegal hit of such sorts. However, I understand that ten- tensions will flare and people will want to release that. They want to, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say fight, but they're going to take it out on each other. I mean, and I don't want to use any kind of cliche term like boys will be boys, but like this is like athletes will be athletes. Athletes are going to compete at their highest level and they're going to go at each other. Did Queener mean to hit him in the head? Probably no way, shape, or form did he mean to cause any harm to Jules. He honestly probably doesn't even remember doing it. It's one of those moments where things happen and you look back 30 seconds later and you completely regret them. So yes i completely agree that he should have been suspended and got this fine that's excellent great job league great job head of lacrosse operations and whoever had to make the decision that is great you did an unreal job and i strongly strongly agree that being said i don't disagree with them getting physical i don't disagree with them maybe not doing what queener did and throwing some fists or with gloves on obviously like just let each other know how you feel. I mean, let it out because you know what? That's going to lead to better lacrosse. It's going to lead to more passionate lacrosse, and it's going to just raise the game and make it more interesting. And I hate to say this because it's true, but like, it's going to get fans out. And yeah. I mean, there can be there's going to be people all over Twitter. Oh my god, I can't believe what they're fighting. Oh my god. In terms of voice but, actor now, guys. But you know what, man? Athletes are going to athlete, and people are going to fight. And it happens. It happens yep. in the box game. It happens in the field game. Happens in other sports. Uh, right. And you know what? If they're high, if they're competing at the highest level and they're getting paid to do it, by all means, let them. If it's a ten second little squirmish, let them do it. Because, I mean, obviously, I don't want people like over exaggerating right. this. I don't need nineteen nineties NHL death brawls. Death brawls. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm advocating for. But two guys who are going head to head and want to just, just get after did. it for a second, sure, let them. That's that's the best way to it compete. Happens. Um one one little thing we like to do on the show is do uh, you know, swag watch and uh mm-hmm. more more lacrosse shirts out and about in the wild on some uh famous people's bodies. We've got Matt Hasselback, former Seattle Seahawks quarterback, 
one of the one of the best to ever put on a football uniform. Certainly, rocking a PLL shirt on Pat McAfee's uh, Instagram story. This was just yesterday. Hasselback was actually one of my favorite guests on Paul's podcast. Today. He's awesome. Yep, great interview. Um, on their way to uh, Thursday Night Football on ESPN, and uh, this is from Andrew Jenkins at Jenkins A eight one on Twitter. Said, I can't wait for Pat and Matt to call the PLL championship game in 2020. Oh, that Pat be McAfee calling a PLL game would be incredible. I feel like I would have to be a uh, separate <coughs> broadcast because I already love what Boyle and Burke do. They're great. They do a great job, and I wouldn't want to lose that. However, that would be that would like be unreal. Maybe like a YouTube special edition that they release, like something, or just to, like let them commentate, like kind of like a dig style yeah. video. Dude, but Diggs and Pat McAfee. Oh my god. <laughs> that would be make it happen. That would be the most interesting imagine getting Tony Romo to know lacrosse as well as he knows football and he would just say everything that's going to happen before it happens on the field. He he would obviously have read the Followed up with two, a big splash. He would have obviously had read the 2020 recap that explains what's going to happen in every single one of these lacrosse games, sure. you know. <laughs> I I don't think this this whole uh PLL being scripted theory is going to go away for a long time though yeah. man i mean I, I think it's one of the growing pains that the league is going to face obviously because I mean, some of the players are it. right but some of the players are more involved with like running the league owning the mm-hmm. league than ever before so i mean obviously you could see that but also wouldn't he like then script it so that his team like Won the wins the championship or he's completely messing with our mind and purposely kept himself out of it so he doesn't seem like he's scripting <laughs> oh, it dear god i mean guys it's just the you're thought. now entering the twilight zone no um but no okay back back to lacrosse here queener jules jules is doing well you yes. love to see it Queener got what he deserved, and you know what? We're going to wipe our hands and move on because nobody has taken any serious damage from this, and you know what? I mean, Jules is a top athlete. He's going to go take the Redwoods to something special, and I think Queener's going to just keep doing Queener because he's he's an energetic guy, and that's just how he plays, and he's going to show it, and he's going to let loose on the field. That being said, did you see Dom Sarge's tweet? I did not. Oh, it's incredibly clever. He apologizes for Brett. He talks about how he understands the heat of the moment and that Jules is one of the best players in the game, and it was just a lovely selfie by Dom on an early morning. Keep going down there. Right there. There we go. Still trying to articulate subject matter and tone in an unfiltered Twitter world. On behalf of the Chrome team, I want to apologize to Jules Henningberg for that hit early in this past Sunday's game. Hope you're feeling better and ready to make a run in the playoffs. And well in, in Dom Starja terms, that's like the most sincere thing in the yes. freaking world right there. I mean, <laughs> I love Dom, though. He just posts like the best selfies best on selfies. Twitter. Selfie I mean, game on point. Yeah, if you don't follow Dom Starja already on Twitter, make sure you go do so. That being said, Twitter has also brought us into a very interesting debate that we've been having these past couple days about MVP races. Uh, has, we've got the... the regular season stats too that the PLL put out too that I wanted to touch on real quick and they spelled Mike Chanchuk's name wrong the that first time they did. <laughs> and they didn't tag Connor Fields in the tweet oh okay so I came to the conclusion that Connor just got completely hacked and, oh really yeah because it unfollowed everybody uh, on his Twitter so I assume that he just got hacked and didn't ever try and figure it out because everything was too weird and I'm like Connor's like a funny kid and all but this yeah. is like too much Extreme. of a joke yeah so I I just think that he got hacked. Interesting. Uh, so your regular season points leaders, Matt Rambo takes home the crown there with 42 points, followed up by Tom Schreiber with 37, Justin Gutterding, wings guy, along with Matt Rambo, 35, Connor Fields and Jules Henningberg tied for fourth with 33, Marcus Holman and Jordan Wolf tied at uh, sixth place for 30 with 32, Will Manny and Eric Law, uh, tied with 30 and then Ned Karate and Jake Fricaro both with 27 I find this absolutely hilarious because Marcus Holman finished with more points than Will Manny therefore <laughs> putting him on the top bunk he's of our, this list he's on the top bunk of the bed baby I mean just makes sense however I mean dude this league is putting up stats like that are unheard of and absolutely. like it's coming from every source yeah yeah it's crazy um regular season goals leader Marcus Holman takes home the crown with 23 Connor Fields, Will Manny, both with 22. Jules Henningberg, Ryan Brown, both with 21. 
Justin Gutterding, Eric Law, and Jordan McIntosh, uh, all with 20. And then Matt Rambo and Ryan Drenner uh, finished with 19. Disgusting. Yeah, just filthy. I mean, I wouldn't expect anything less. Um, And then... I mean, the numbers are important, yes, but, like, I mean, let's get back to the eye test here. Marcus Holman literally lit this thing up. Absolutely. Like, His goals were just, you didn't like, even have to tell me, bliss. You didn't have to tell me that he had the... Oh, that was a bad mic drop. I am sorry, guys. <laughs> um, you didn't have to tell me that Marcus Holman had the most goals yeah. for me to know. Like, Marcus Holman probably had the most goals. And that's just not even, like, looking at numbers. It's just how he plays. He literally kind of... Tom Schreiber, Tom Schreiber's yeah. team, and it was great. Uh, the assist leader list is pretty interesting just with the names on here. A couple that you probably wouldn't expect and some guys that don't get enough publicity in this league either. Uh, Matt Rambo finishes top again with he 23 assists. He definitely doesn't get enough publicity. <clears throat> Tom Schreiber uh, with 18. So Rambo is the only guy in the league with 20-plus assists. Uh, Tom Schreiber with 18. Jordan Wolf finishing third with 16 Justin Gutterding with 14, Kieran McCardle with 13, Jules finishes with 12, Connor Fields, Paul Rabel, Joe Walters uh, all finish with 11, and then Eric Law, Jake Fricaro, Ryder Garnsey, and Miles Jones all with 10. Considering Ryder had like four of those on Sunday, (laughs) that's pretty impressive. Absolutely. Um, No, numbers are great, man. I mean, these are all really important things. This is my favorite list, though. All right, let's hear it. The two bombs. All right. Our guy, Mike Chaninchuk, seven two-pointers this That's year. That's absurd. Jared Newman, again, our guy, five two-pointers this year. Jake Fricaro with three. Mike Earhart with three. Schreiber, Marcus Holman, Connor Busick, John Rannigan, Matt Reese, and Cade Van Raphorst. And Troy Ray. God, how two. are they going to leave Troy off of another list? What is this garbage? He just didn't have multiple. <laughs> okay. Wait, I uh, thought, oh, it was that multiple? Yeah, that was oh. the most. That was like the leaderboard. Oh, I thought the last ones were one. Sorry, um, guys. I didn't mean to come out your And then the, uh, <laughs> the best thing of the day, Timmy Troutner's nickname comes out in a nice little uh, one-on-one with RJ. His Guppy. nickname is Guppy. Guppy. You, you, can't, you Guppy. can't think of anything better. It's fantastic. That's amazing. Um, no, the, the list is cool. I mean... Which... Leads us into the the big topic here. Let's with, talk about it. With the MVP, the rookie, and positional players of the year. Right. Okay, cool. Let's do it. Uh, this is from... Let's start off from the bottom and work our <coughs> way up. This is from Paul Carcaterra's, uh list for Lack Sports Network. Uh, face-off guy. He's got Trevor Baptiste. I can't argue with yeah, that. Yeah, you really can't argue with that. Actually, according to the stats, wasn't Trevor like the MVP of the league yes, because he won the, them the so many games. Stats. We talked about that, right, I believe, on last week. Two podcasts ago, yeah. Um, That's absurd. Trevor easily wins this. However, I give a close second to Joey Nards because, yes. I mean, he is well, he is just completely revolutionizing this position as well as Trevor. So, I and mean, a little dark very close second to Connor Farrell. Yeah. I can see it. Maybe an honorable mention. Probably number three this year. Honorable mention. Um, Goalie, I have a little bone to pick. Nothing against Blaze. He has Blaze Reardon as his goalie of the year. I don't know if I would go Blaze. Who do you have? Oh, man. The tough thing to argue here is record. Yeah. So when I want to either pick a Jack and Cannon or a Timmy Troutner, I have to go back and think about, like, first of all. I was honestly thinking your guy, Kyle Burnmore. Really? Okay. I mean, I would take Bernie. Um, yeah. I, I think, think it's between Bernie and kind of a, I think that he's kind of a dark horse here. Um, he really didn't have any games where he blew up. Yeah. Um, I, I don't hate that. Yeah, no, you're right. However, I mean... I think it's a coin me, toss between those the two. The tough thing about goalie for me is that it's a position where you are basically expected to let up at least 10 goals a game. Yeah. Therefore, when... You stand on your head and play an absolutely unreal game, but let up like a 15-goal game and maybe take a loss. It's so hard for me to just like judge you in a negative way on that because you're such a great goalie and you played so well. So for a guy like Timmy Troutner, he had one awful start. It's the one against the Whips. Yeah, obviously. which then on However, the counterpart, Burnlar was in net for that game and only let up four goals. That's true. I mean, you only let up four goals in this league. You probably should be winning an award. In any so, league. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Burnler's kind of a dark horse here. I mean, he's a quieter cat. Um, but, you know, I, I I just love watching Timmy Troutner play, man. And I also have a lot of recency bias. So True. Uh, 
Paul yeah. has his SSDM is Mark Lucini, Mr. Incredible. I can get with that. I mean, Mark, obviously one of the better defensemen in the league. He knows the position like the back of his freaking hand and does a great job at it. I mean, the only person that I might change that with is like um, maybe like a Matt McMahon. Maybe. Maybe. No, I'll go with Glissini, Mr. Uh-huh. Incredible. Long stick midi, Mike Earhart. Uh, yeah, I can get with this. I mean, the only argument I make is Troy, and that's just because, you know, I have a lot of bias. Yeah. So, no, I, I can go with that. Earhart's obviously one of the most talented guys in the league. He lets it rip. He's talented with his pole and makes shit happen on the field, man. Uh, defense, our guy, Mr. Hot Sauce himself, Jared Newman. Yeah, can't, be can't argue with you that. You can't argue that. This is, a, this is literally a category for defensemen who score, and he is the definition of defense man who scores and speaking of jared newman make defense sure you man. <laughs> get your newman nukes uh t-shirts hoodies all that good stuff on our design tree storefront at dsgn tree on twitter and uh dsgn tree.com just search underground sports philadelphia and use the promo code dsgn5 for five dollars off at checkout jared's gonna be wearing that bad boy yep. during the playoffs really so. soon baby uh, keep your eyes peeled, but midfielder on Paul's list, Tom Schreiber. It's hard not to give it to Tom. However, I mean, there's a lot of guy. There's a lot of midfielders in this league that I really love watching play. I mean, a guy like Channy. Like mm-hmm. I kind of want to see him in there because of his game changing. I think Channy would be the only Maybe. other guy I would put in there. Yeah. Okay, Tommy. Tommy, good job, pal. I mean, you are Captain America. I think it's America. between Tom and Channy there. Yeah, Tom and Channy. You can take your pick, kind of. Right, and that's the tough part is that you kind of do have to make a pick. And, like, I think that that's going to be kind of hard for some people to swallow because there's guys like Miles Jones or, like, a Paul Rabel who you're not going to see on this list, but it's like they really didn't have standout years. Seasons. They were good. Yeah, they were game-changing, sure, but they weren't. Tom was, Tom was Miles, consistently game changing. Right, Channy was consistently game completely, and that's where this where where it becomes a toss up. Exactly, guys. Uh, attack, Matt Rambo. It's too easy. Too many points. Not to. I mean, he went off. That being said, I mean there could have been ten attackmen there yeah. that I, you can make the argument for. I mean, basically every attackman in this league I is think, sick. I think the only thing that could have changed it is if Jules started the season with Redwoods. You know what? Let's just go with our boy of the week, Jojo Morasco. <laughs> <laughs> Who Jojo will be joining us in just a little bit. But Rookie of the Year, Paul agrees with me, Ryder Garnsey. I completely uh, agree. There is an asterisk, though, because it's out of the 2019 graduates um, based on the rookie formula. So, Oh, so they only went off of guys that came in, came in from like 2019. This year. Oh, wow. Okay, so there's only, what, like eight of them? Now, I don't know if... The league is doing that. This is just based off of right, right, right. No, and that makes sense. I mean, I mean, also, I mean, you could put anyone yeah. in there, and I would still give it to Ryder because he had a dynamic dude, year. The dude is so freaking talented. I mean, this is—he was just in college a few months ago, and now he's already ripping up this league. Like that is just pure talent, and honestly, it's like durability. You know, this guy no. is going to be able to go through the next five seasons without any injuries, hopefully, and tear this thing up. So, now, if we were going by friend of the show, Greg Grenlian's rules they're all rookies everybody would be eligible but then connor fields gets my <laughs> rookie and mvp mvp on paul's list is connor fields yeah baby i agree with that 112 and a half percent uh i want to give a last one here mainly because he followed me on twitter today uh my spiritual animal of the season uh scott ratliff i think he Always. could be in the lsm discussion as well yeah i mean he's a guy who's he was the only one going out there for archers every single week yep and he was always bringing positivity and great vibes and you know what if you need to get your zen situated just follow follow scotty ratliff he will get you straight and you know what i could he's herm's doppelganger we are very similar human beings and it's a beautiful thing that being said I I very much agree with that list, but I also very much can see why I would debate it in very many ways. Truth. So, uh, like Herm said earlier, go to the Apple Podcast Reviews, leave the five-star review, and let us know your list. Now, it's that simple. After you do that, and you ask us questions, I will obviously have questions recycle for through every week, and after Mailbag last week, I had a couple lying around, and these are two that I kind of want to address, actually. One was from my buddy Will from South Carolina. He asked, 
is Paul Rabel as cool as he seems to be on the vlogs? And the answer to that is, yeah, he's a cool dude. Mm-hmm. He's super a, down to earth. Super down to earth, super businessman. I mean, you can see the different sides of Paul when you talk to him, obviously. There's the business strategy Paul. There's player Paul. Player there's Paul. And then there's Paul. Paul. <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to describe it. So, yeah, he's cool, super cool dude. Um, Everybody in this league, dude, is so chill. I mean, lacrosse players as a whole are always down to hang out with you and chat it up and talk. And you know what? That was just that was a great uh, question because I think that so many people wonder are because like, in so many major sports leagues you don't really know get the personality of the players and how they actually are behind the scenes. Lacrosse, they got cameras on you twenty four hours a day. They know what you're actually like. Paul, that being said, is always on camera and mm-hmm. you know what he does a great job at it and he also is a great human being off of camera Truth. that being said so are we <laughs> and we create a lot of content and that's where this last this next question and just a recycled one from last week comes up this one's from alana um she asked why do we love what we do and what keeps us motivated and i think that this one this one's very just like deep and kind of hit hard but I think for this podcast in particular, we absolutely love this, guys. We come here every week, twice a week now, and just get to talk to you. Get It's almost like we're having a conversation with the listeners through the radio or whatever. And I get to talk about lacrosse for an hour. And there is nothing more enjoyable or just stress relieving in the entire world. So I we 1,000% love what we do. We love traveling with the Premier Lacrosse League. We love covering the wings in the winter. We love the NLL. And honestly, like lacrosse media is probably one of the coolest things in the world. I think that's why you see so many different podcasts starting up, so many different YouTube channels starting up, and people really getting into this sport because, I mean, there's no better time to get into it. And, I mean, it's one where you can just thrive and be happy doing it because there's really not a horrible stigma with it that you might get with other sports and i mean i don't know about i I don't want to speak for you obviously but this lacrosse podcast has been one of the greatest things i've ever started yeah i mean i we started this whole network with underground sports philadelphia uh about a year and a half ago and dom who allegedly through the grapevine i've heard is is coming back because to talk about lacrosse yes um so cheers to dom told me you know he's like yo the wings are coming back we should we should start a lacrosse podcast and i was like a little hesitant cuz one i had no clue about this sport whatsoever um but i was like hey let's try it and you know we lucked into our first episode having the nll commissioner on and the league tweeting out that episode and then the pll comes around and here we are like you know this is episode 67 so yeah, we're three, we're two thirds of the way to it being a quote unquote in my book, which I'll probably tell this story down the line. A real podcast, um, it's a real podcast, obviously, but there's a story behind it. Um, but I mean, yeah, I I love coming here. It's right in my basement. It's where the studio is. It's it's one of the best things that I've been able to do. You know, it it motivates me to just keep getting better because you can't work on your craft unless you're working on it. Right, and, and to be so- able to make this podcast almost every single day is amazing it's it's the best thing i could have possibly asked for. so on the whole yes we absolutely love doing this podcast we love you guys we love the listeners and um you know it's just it's been so much fun so thank you for that question so we have jojo marasco on the line so sit tight we'll be right back with jojo and uh just adding to the science of guests coming on the podcast sit tight All right, and now we are joined by uh, the one and only JoJo Marasco from Redwoods Lacrosse Club. You guys just clinched a playoff spot this weekend. You're going to the first ever PLL playoffs. What's going on, man? How you feeling? Good, man. You know, it was a great weekend. Uh, we, we had to uh, uh, get a big win out of that, and, and we pulled it off, and the, the, the team came together, and uh, you know, we're happy to go into the playoffs uh, playing, uh, you know, very good lacrosse. And, you know, it was one of those things where you had to kind of jump over some hurdles to secure that spot. You had to win by seven to definitively lock into that playoff spot. And then, uh, you know, Matt Cavanaugh's desperation two-pointer at the end of the first half kind of swung some momentum in your guys' way. What was kind of the message in the locker room from from head coach Nat St. Laurent to you guys to kind of just kick it into a new gear to make sure that you guys 
were playing your brand of lacrosse to go out and get that win and lock down that playoff spot? Uh, you know, we, we lost a couple games before uh, last weekend, and, and uh, Coach Nat is just an incredible coach, and, and he, uh, you know, got us together Friday night before practice, and we, we had a, uh, just offense and defense and all around uh, just a great practice, and then we, we all hung out uh, after and watched the first game and uh, saw that, you know, the Atlas pulled off that win, so then we had to see that we had to win by seven, and uh, Greg really stepped up winning face-offs, and, and Timmy Trotter and Nat played incredible, and it really shows to um, – uh, you know, Matty Cavanaugh, like the grit and type of player he is, where, you know, he's, he's playing with a hurt ankle and he was still able to score his three, four goals and, and uh, you know, have that huge goal with one second left before halftime. I think they really kind of put a dagger uh, to, to the other team and, and uh, was able to really help us uh, bring the momentum at halftime into uh, the second half. You know, Jules goes down with the concussion and he's kind of the thing that makes your offense tick. He's kind of what Nat runs the offense through, but to see him go down and then to see the rest of your guys just kick it to a new level, especially Ryder Garnsey in the game he had. What's that just say about, you know, the determination that you guys have and, you know, your will to make sure that you weren't going to go down without a fight and make sure that you locked things down and made sure that you came out with that win? Yeah, it was really, uh, you know, great to see Ryder step up and, and kind of fill uh, Jules' role because Jules is such a great player behind the net and, and kind of our quarterback. And to see Ryder play the way he did and, and – just all around every guy, if, if, just watching the game, you see guys diving for ground balls, uh, making plays that, you know, in the last couple of games we really didn't make. So just to see us all come together and the energy on the sideline after everyone sc- or someone scored or made a big play, it was just a different type of momentum, and, and I hope that we can bring it uh, in the playoffs in two weeks. And, you know, some of the players that I talked to and just people that were up in Albany said that just the atmosphere and the experience there was, like, one of the best of the entire tour of this season – would you say the same? You know, what was that that vibe and that energy like uh, up in Albany this weekend? Yeah, you know, they they, they uh, brought such great fans and atmosphere. And then growing up in New York and, and seeing so many people that I you know I played against or coaches and in the stands and my family being there and and just you know just how well it's run. What Paul's done with this league and, and Mike Rabel is some of the most amazing thing. I, and I can't say enough uh, like good things about what they've done. And and the atmosphere in Albany was was really really insane. Just just from the fan base and and you know all all the teams that three teams had to win so it was, it was just a battle out there and it was you know just something special and then to be in the locker room after the game you get one of the game balls um what was that like for you you know just an experience to you know have your coach recognize the performance that you put out on the field to uh help your team get to where you guys are now in that number four seed and uh just to be recognized by your teammates and your coaching staff it was special, man. Coach, like I said, Coach Nat and all the coaches and the guys that you know, they always have my back. And you know, it's been a grind. It's the top 140 players in in, in the uh, world, and just trying to get out, you know, just to make the lineup. You know, it's been a grind every week, and you just got to stay focused. And and it, it felt like I was a kid again. It felt like when I first played, uh, picked up a stick in fifth grade and scored my first goal. Then and it was really special. And uh, doing in front of my, uh, you know, in New York or where I'm from, and and in front of my family, and and a, in a, you know, a big game that we had to win. Uh, by seven goals to make it to the playoffs, it just felt like I, I did something to help the team, and and uh, you know that's the plan. Just just keep going forward and, and uh, aim for that championship. And then to you know hand out your guys, warden of the woods this week to your team doctor who's unfortunately battling cancer. Did you guys know about that beforehand? And we, uh, yeah, yeah, we had no we had no clue. I mean, she's unbelievable. Uh, you know, she's done so much for it. I would say almost every player on our team, and she's such a special lady. And, you know, we're going to have her back, and we're going to fight with her, and, and she's going to get through it. And she's such an incredible lady, and, you know, it's, it's a tough, tough situation. But, uh, you know, we're here for her, and, and uh, it's really amazing. We're Coach Nat coming up and, and talking about it and, and uh, bringing us all in as, as, you know, a family, and that's what we've been since day one at, from training camp. And, you know, it's, it was a special moment, and it just, you know, was, we're, we're, like I said, we're here for her. Is that kind of an extra, like, added motivation for you guys as you head into the playoffs to, you know, have somebody else to play for? Yeah, for sure, man. You know, I always, always definitely, and especially someone like her who, who's done so much for our team. So, you know, we definitely, uh, it's another thing, another chip on our shoulder, to, you know, to be there for her and, and to uh, fight for her and, and also fight for this team. And then, you know, you talked about, uh, you know, just watching that first game after your guys' game ended, knowing that you were locked into a playoff spot. Was it kind of just a, a sigh of relief to know that, like, you didn't really have to worry about that final game and you were just waiting to see who you were going to be playing? Yeah, man, it was awesome. The uh, atmosphere in the locker room after the energy was was through the roof. Guys, just, just so happy. A lot of smiles everywhere, and you know the fans were so so great to us after the game, and and just hanging out and, and not stressing about that was, um, you know, something special, man. You train all, all 
all year for this stuff and then you know it comes down to the last game it's pretty crazy so uh you know it, it just it really did feel nice it felt a little more relaxed after we were able to get those score more than seven goals which is very very tough to get in this league with only six teams and best players in the world and you know looking at this redwoods team it's the team in the league that's had the most kind of turnover with just the moves that were made during the season whether it was you know bringing Ryder Garnsey in right before training camp, trading for Jules Henningberg, trading for Westberg, uh, you know, the injuries that you guys have had to to deal with, especially with Greg at the faceoff position and then bringing in Jerry to, you know, kind of fill that role as well. To be able to overcome, you know, such a, a roster turnover more than any in the league, uh, what's that been like for you guys just as a team to, you know, stay connected and be on the same page all year long? Yeah, hats off once again to Coach Nat. You know, he's uh... – you know, he's kind of a mastermind with that. And, and he's, uh, you know, he, he puts together the best players on the field. And uh, you could see that, you know, we've had a up and down season where you go win two games and we go lose two games. So it's it's a very difficult situation. But uh, I think we kind of finally found our mold. And, and, and you know, we're, we're coming together at the right time, right before playoffs. And, and uh, the guys just, you know, it's all these guys know each other from playing with Team USA or playing in college. And you look at our team, we have mainly Notre Dame guys and, and Brown guys. So, you know, everyone's everyone's close, and, and uh, once you get in that locker room, you kind of feel like you're part of that team. So it's uh, it's pretty, really special. It makes you kind of relax when you get on that field, and it's not too hard to uh, go out there and play. And to have such a, a huge win this weekend, you know, you go out and win by 11 goals, to then have to have this, you know, pre-playoff bye week, is that a, a positive or a negative for you guys where now you just can't ride that momentum, but you do get that week off to kind of rest, regroup, get healthy, and, you know, go into this thing against Archers in a couple weeks? You know, I think it's actually pretty good for us. You know, it's good for the guys. All these guys have been traveling every single weekend, so, you know, they get a little break and, and uh, just kind of get your mind right. You know, study up on film with the Archers. They have some very, very good players, you know, with, with Marcus Ullman and Will Manny and Tom Schreiber and stuff like that. So we just got to learn, you know, uh, what we need to do and, and be ready. And, and uh, I think we'll, all these guys, uh, they all stay in shape throughout the week, so we'll be ready to go, I think. And then, you know, this matchup, Redwoods-Archers, it's been – two close matchups both times you guys played each other this year. And, uh, you know, it seems to be one of the more evenly matched games we've seen all season. To know that this also means whatever team wins, wins the season series, is that a little extra, you know, bonus for you guys, knowing that you would have topped arguably the team that plays you the best uh, more than once this season? Yeah, I think, I mean, that helps a lot. But at the same time, you know, we all have one goal, and then that's that's this, this next game coming up. And, and again, that win, it's going to be a battle. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's definitely been a very tight game. And, you know, we have two both offensive powerhouses and offensive uh, defensive powerhouses. So it's it's going to be a battle. And uh, I know that uh, the guys are going to be ready, and, and uh, we're excited. And, you know, if we do get that win, then we're able to say that and think about that we beat them twice. And, you know, overall for this season, what's it been like for you to just this experience being one of the first players in the first season of the PLL and to experience, you know, this tour-based model and uh, just going, you know, pound for pound with some of the best players in the world. Yeah, you know, I've been, I've been uh, truly blessed, and, and uh, you know, it's been one of the most experiences, uh, in, in greatest experience in my lacrosse career. You know, I've been able to play at the highest level with Team USA and, and be out there with guys for the past, you know, five, six years. And, and then playing pros now is my seventh season, and, uh, what 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 this the Premier Lacrosse League puts out there on the field every every single weekend is is truly something I've never thought lacrosse would get to that point and it actually is finally here and you really feel like a pro athlete you feel like all that hard work that you've put in and, and all that traveling you've done every single weekend for you know five six summers now is is finally pull, uh, worked at, worked out and it, it's uh, every time I get off that plane and I get ready to see those guys on the field and, and uh, put on the Redwoods you know jersey I feel like uh, you know something really really special and, and I'm truly blessed to be able to be a part of it and have people be able to watch on NBC Sports and and it's really it, it's crazy to see what what uh, Paul and Michael what these guys have done for the league and, and for the game and you know to to just think about it, you know you bring up NBC and see all these big name sponsors that have come in and just investors in the league like Gatorade um, being the most recent to see that kind of you know fanfare to back up this league and give you know you guys as players and you know part owners of this league that that vote of confidence to know that they have your back what's that like to have these you know multi-billion dollar companies saying yeah we believe in this this vision and believe in these guys to to put the best product out on the field and make this into something special yeah man it, it really is something really cool and, and special and, and, and like i said it just makes you feel like you're you're a legit pro athlete and and to have these sponsors these big names like joe Sai and, and uh you know gatorade and and all the and 
the media and marketing team that they've, they've put out, you know, they have been unbelievable what they do with from, you know, helping us with, with uh, Instagram and growing our brand and, and uh, the, just what they do on the field every, every week, Th- those guys work so hard and, and just to put out the best product. And it really truly shows that hard work and what they've done. And is it's why all these big names are, are you know, buying into the, the premier lacrosse league and why it's going to be so special. And I think it's going to go for a very long time. And do you think, you know, with that, that social team that has helped build the social media aspect of things to help grow the league in general this year, has that been, you know, I, th- I think personally it's one of the biggest successes to helping grow something brand new is just jumping right into the social media game. And that seems to be something that, you know, the league really cares about when they put out, you know, metrics and stuff from every weekend. They put the attendance, but then they also pair it with, you know, the Twitter interactions and Instagram likes and interactions and stuff like that. The social media aspect of this league, I think, is second to none. Oh, yeah, it just shows you how uh, brilliant, you know, Paul is and, and uh, how, how well he's, he's, you know, grown his brand and, and what he's done to uh, get us to this point. And, and he showed players, you know, something they've never probably done before in their life. I mean, I can just see it now where, like, you know, I, I coach here in Orlando, Florida at a prep school, and I got, you know, 5,200 kids coming up to me this uh, today just saying, we saw your goal, we saw this Instagram, we saw the PLL. Uh, they, they can't get enough of it, whereas, you know, I played six years, and I taught, I've been teaching for six years, I never even talked about the, you know, the games before that. So what they've done and what what those, like I said, the guys and the girls, hats off to them for the social media and their marketing and, and all the girls, you know, RJ out there and, and everyone is just so truly incredible and, and, you know, hats off once again to their hard work and it's really, really impressive what they do. And, you know, you bring up your, your students and everything. Is that something that's kind of like humbling to you now to know that, you know, your students are putting NBC Sports on and they're able to watch their teacher go out and play a, a sport that he loves and kind of watch him outside of the classroom? Yeah, it makes me, you know, today I wanted to get the first thing I could think about after seeing everyone go and create all these kids, my students, and from, you know, I teach middle school, but from literally sixth grade up through the high school, all these kids coming up and grabbing us on the wind. They're like, we can't wait for the playoffs. We're going to be watching you. And just to hear that, it, you know, it motivates me. I want to get in the weight room. I want to go shoot today. I just, I just was so excited that uh, so many people care and are watching, even from, you know, from all the way down here in Florida. And, and uh, the amount of, you know, texts and, and uh, stuff from social media, from uh, Instagram and Twitter, all the people just congratulate us and stuff like that. It's, that never really happened, you know, until this year. And it's it's just so crazy to see what what NBC Sports and, and what the, the league is doing to, you know, get lacrosse out there and how many more people are now watching it and care so much about it. Yeah, I think it's absolutely insane to just see, you know, a sport where not a lot of people have that access to now it being on the forefront on NBC Sports with the broadcast that's paired with it is is second to none um, for it to just get out there and you see more and more people just even on Twitter like I've never watched a lacrosse game before and then, you know, three hours later they're like oh yeah i'm hooked like i'm i'm all in yeah i, I my my entire twitter feed now is just all the pll and just all day on the weekends because people are just tweeting and just all these retweets they're like oh i'm in ocean city at this bar and i'm, I'm watching the game the game's on or you know i'm i'm in miami watching from the pool bar you know like from the pool tv or from my room it's or people from out in california or, or it's so crazy to see like every single day it's just something new and and it's really, really exciting, and, and to see it on when you're just flipping through channels on a you know regular television, it's, it's really something crazy to see for lacrosse, and to be a part of it and playing is even something that I never thought I'd, or dream of. And then on top of that, you have you know these big name athletes and coaches. You know, you kick it back to week one in Boston. Coach Belichick's there. Teddy Bruschi is there. You guys go to New York week two. Paul's hanging out with Pete Alonzo at City Field, launching uh, you know third deck shots uh, at City Field. You know to see these other big-name professional athletes also being invested and involved in the league, too. How awesome is that for you to see that they're getting behind this? Yeah, it's so cool, man. You know, you, and you got guys like, you know, Hogan, who plays for the Patriots, who's, who's played lacrosse. And mm-hmm. you got, you, I think I saw yesterday Gronkowski had a lacrosse stick in his hand. He was like, maybe this might, might be the next sport. And just to see, you know, all these big-time athletes, seeing how incredible – you know, the level of play that we put on the field as lacrosse players and, and a lot of these players have never even seen it. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're like, oh, I want to try this out. And it, once again, going to Paul, you know, getting out there and, and explaining it to these people and giving them that opportunity and, and uh, actually seeing it. It's just it, it's so crazy with it being on television. You know, it just it, it keeps getting better and better. And, you know, this season, obviously, you guys played against Atlas. You played against Paul. 
what was that like for you know knowing that Paul is you know the founder of the league runs the league uh, from the business aspect of things along with Mike and everybody else but then also having to play against him no other sports ever had to kind of endure that what was that like to be able to go battle with you know one of your your fellow players but then also know that he's running the league that you guys are playing in yeah it's almost like out of a movie man you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I was blessed to play with Paul for uh, three or four seasons the Lizards winning championship with him back in the the other league, and then now to see him out there, and uh, I, don't, I just don't—he's like a robot, man. He does—you see him every day, somewhere in a different state, with another, you know, famous person growing the game, and then all of a sudden he's out there. He's, he's in ridiculous shape. He's out there scoring goals, dodging by people like he's, you know, he's 22 years old again, and and making plays, and and then then he's all of a sudden, you know, the next thing on TV, and you're like, how is this possible? So it's you know, it's it's really it was it's pretty cool playing against him, and uh, it really shows you like what he's done for the sport and and uh it's just such an incredible experience like i can't you know stop talking about it smiling and laughing thinking about it, how every time i'm able to lace up those cleats and put that jersey on and you know back when the season was starting we had greg on the show and he he brought up one of you know one of my favorite quotes of any guests we've had on he said this year like everybody in the pll is a rookie whether you've you know been been a professional lacrosse player for a decade or if this is your very first year being a pro Everyone in this league is a rookie, but to see kind of, you know, the integration of these young guys, like we talked about Ryder Garnsey and your goalie, Timmy Troutner, and seeing a lot of these young guys come onto the scene with this this platform combined with, you know, guys that have played for Team USA and have gotten that opportunity to showcase their talents before. What's that kind of, you know, blend and bringing in the new style of the game along with the style of the game that, you know, you grew up playing with? Well, I mean, it's 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 it is uh, just how you said it, man. It's really cool how the connection you guys you make with these younger guys, and, and uh, it really shows how good these guys are getting. Because you can see a lot of these younger guys are mostly guys making the big time highlights, and uh, and um, it, it really is cool to see what they can do, how you know how good they are, and how fast uh, they are able to pick it up. You know, in my first year when I came to the pros, it took me about you know five or six games to figure it out, and you got guys like Garnsey who just put up four goals and three assists last game, which is crazy. You know what I mean? And he's been doing that all year. He's been scoring goals and making plays. And he, he, he came in the huddle multiple times yesterday telling telling the guys he's like he's talking like he's been in the league for ten years. So it's it's really the same thing with Jules. Like when he speaks, you know, everyone listens to the huddle and and he's only twenty three years old probably. So it's it's a really cool experience and you know, it just shows, you know, these guys have had the opportunity to, to platforms like Instagram and YouTube and been able to watch us and and practice our moves and then even make them their own moves and make them even better. So it's, it's, and it's shown, you can see it on the field, you can see the level of talent and how much they're raising our, how much we need to, you know, get, keep getting better just uh, to keep up with these young bucks. And then, you know, to have the added integration from the TV broadcast, to have kind of the mic'd up level of things, to kind of just go under the helmet with, with give any given player, any given week to just add to that experience. What are your thoughts on, you know, adding that into the game and, you know, bringing people under the helmet? Well, yeah, it's off to Ryan and, and the, the crew up and, you know, the media, you know, talking play-by-play and, play and doing all that stuff. And, and they, they're always, you know, they know each player so well and, and uh, what they what they bring to the table out there and, and what they, you know, ask the questions and, and just how lucky these kids are, you know, at a young age being able to watch that and being able to see their best players, you know, doing interviews. Just like, you know, I'm, I'm still a huge, I played hockey my whole, whole life. And when they, you know, they, they go down to the ice and, and on the NHL and NBC Sports, it's always been such a cool thing watching that, so... You get to see your, your favorite players, you know, speaking right there, and then all of a sudden after the game, you get to go meet them. So it's, it's a really, really incredible thing there in that, in that spot, and and it, these kids are getting so lucky for that opportunity. And, and I think it's, um, you know, Paul's just innovating the game more and more. Yeah, every weekend you can see that. And then you know, with this tour-based model kind of changing things up from your traditional league, uh, how have you kind of acclimated to it? You know, going city to city every weekend with every team in the league and you know interacting with fans from all around the country yeah man i, I got blessed to go all the way out to um you know when we played in san jose and you know just see a great fan base there and, and see kids you know i've played a couple of all-star games out there and you know lacrosse has grown so much there and going all over the country and, and seeing the different types of fan base different type of people and uh my mom said that you know the best the other day just saying it, it feels like she felt like she was back in one of those jamborees back when i was in fifth sixth grade or you know, it just felt like it was awesome seeing the music, seeing all the merchandise, seeing everyone so happy to be there. So much lacrosse, and and it's you know it's a full day festival, and and and, and these kids are having the opportunity to watch two, three games a weekend in the stands, see the top 120 players in the world play, and and 
you know, see, see the best talent that you could possibly put on a field and, and be a part of it and, and see up to, you know, 120 players play one weekend is pretty crazy. And, you know, you guys get ready to head into Columbus in a couple of weeks. Um, what are you just most looking forward to, you know, going out in a playoff setting uh, in Columbus, Ohio, kind of around a, a college town and uh, just going to battle against, you know, an Archers team like we talked about, how you guys have played them so close. What are you looking most forward to from the playoff aspect now of uh, the PLL in year one? Well, you know, it's, it's do or die now, man. You win or go home. And, and just that I played in a lot of playoff games in my life, and uh, I've been on the, uh, you know, the good end and, and the short stick sometimes. So uh, just going out there, just the atmosphere for the playoffs, it's, it's a, you know, it's a whole new season. It's uh, guys have to come and bring it in a different way. And, you know, guys are going to know what they're going to need to do to, you know, step up and make plays. And, and you know, the Archers are going to be ready to play, and, and we're going to be ready to play. And I think it's going to be great, another incredible weekend and a great fan base. And they're going to uh, – Bring their A game, and we're gonna bring ours, and it, uh, I'm really excited, especially in Columbus. It's a great city. Uh, you know, Nick Myers running the show over there at Ohio State, and, and uh, I'm sure he'll be around seeing all the boys. And, and I think it's gonna just be, you know, a special moment for everyone. And it's gonna be the first one. It's the first PLO one, so it's gonna be pretty wild, I think. Yeah, and so you know, be a part of that that just first time kind of experience thing to put your name in the history book. You know, that's gotta be a, a special and humbling feeling as well. Yeah, man, I. Uh, you know, like I said, I never thought I'd see this day and, and, and to see what this league has done in, in year one. And uh, now we're truly, truly blessed to be in the playoffs and, you know, to step on that field. It's uh, once you put that jersey on, step on, you know, you got one goal and that's to do whatever you can to help the team out. If it's whether diving for a ground ball or making that extra pass and, you know, or, or just being on the sideline and getting the boys jacked up. So, uh, yeah, like you said, history books, uh, year one, uh, hopefully a special moment. Hopefully we can pull out a big win against a very tough team and, and move forward for the next couple of weekends. Absolutely, man. We'll be in Columbus, so uh, we'll definitely have to catch up with you. Um, yeah, man, for sure. Really appreciate you jumping on the show this week, and best of luck in Columbus as well. We all pick teams, all six members of this podcast on all our right, network, right. and uh, I'm a Redwoods guy, so I am pulling all for right. you guys 100%. Uh, it's Roll Woods all day, man. All right, buddy. I appreciate it so much, man. Thank you so much for having me on. You guys are incredible, and I'm, and I'm so pumped to uh, you know keep following you guys, and I look forward to seeing you guys in Ohio. Got to thank JoJo for taking time out of his busy schedule. He's a teacher, taking time out of his, you know, he just started school this week, so I uh, can't thank him enough for hopping on. We all know what happens when guests come on the podcast term. Deemer Class said it best. He there did. is a 110% chance that you will have a great game and your team will win. So, I mean, he basically just guaranteed that Redwoods first round win. And Deemer knows science. Deemer. JoJo's a teacher. Yeah. He's damn intelligent i mean that makes sense Th- those numbers the equation are adds up. up certainly so um i was kind of disappointing i didn't get to make it to the interview itself however listening back on it that was an unreal interview jojo's a great dude i mean one, one of the most just genuine human beings in the world that's the thing i was just, i was literally talking about before the interview i just love how genuine all of these guys are you really get to know them and understand them and just Feel like you're friends with them, and that's the best part about lacrosse. So shout out to our guy, adding to our Redwoods roster of uh, of guests that we've had on this season. Yeah. Roll Woods, because you know I'm a Redwoods guy. Go Whips. I mean, we're going to win this first round game, go right to the championship. We'll see you in, in Philly. Philadelphia. Could you imagine? <laughs> what? Redwoods, Whips, Snakes, Whip championship. Snakes, round three in the championship. I mean, we all know how that last matchup went. And we know how the first one went. Yeah, so it was, would be a, went it would, into overtime. It would be for the, you know, I mean, if we won off, the bragging we rights of the championship, and two, the season series. They should let the points from the season series carry over, oh, so we're, we start off the game like 16 don't, nothing. Don't put the, these thoughts into the PLL's head. <laughs> Paul, let's just I'm, talk about this I'm one really quick. I'm cutting this out. Let's, let's just say that, like, we go into this one. Whips have, like, a, what do we win by, 17? I think that would give us a 16-point lead going into the game. Oh, we should definitely make this happen. No, not at all. <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh, that would be um, too messed up. But our fun side topic for today, Herm, our guy Trevor Baptiste, hashtag Wings Atlas. Wings uh, Atlas, Wings Atlas. Went to the VMAs. He went to the VMAs, Newark, New Jersey. I was, um, I was very, very jealous. Very interesting place to be holding an award ceremony, to say the least. However... Trevor looked like he had a great freaking time. Trevor was <laughs> dressed to the nines. Oh, he looked... Uh, he's a handsome devil. I mean, and, he was just uh, getting after it. So my question for you, Herm, is one, 
we got to get to the VMAs. That's a statement. But question, if you were nominated for a VMA, one, what category would you be nominated in? Two, who are you thanking in your acceptance speech if you win the Moon Man? Is there like a um, best vlog in the world category? Because <laughs> like I'm far from it, but like if I like was going to win an award, I'm assuming it would be in that category. I can't, what what are some of the categories? I mean, I don't really. I let's see. Okay, so um, let's get let's dive into Herm's life here a little bit for you guys who don't do not so we've know got, me. We've got best new artist, visual effects, uh, the Michael Jackson video Vanguard. That oh could be yeah, something there. I mean, Cinematography, hip hop video, song artist, fashion trailblazer. Which no, fashion trailblazer without a doubt, yo. R&B video, dress video like alone. a champ. Video alone, uh, song of the summer, choreography, art direction, editing. Uh, the funny thing is that I hate editing, so like I feel awful with that. <laughs> so a lot. Would you? Would your? Would your thank you list be like Lil Nas X pulling out the scroll? Okay, what was that? That was I literally his a, thank you. List. I keep seeing a gif or jif or however we're gonna pronounce that it word. Is gif. Okay, I keep seeing a gif with it. That GIF being is said, that being said, I would obviously have to thank my mother who is just the greatest woman on the face of the earth my father great dude um maybe my sister if she's lucky like if i'm really feeling nice that day i'd probably have to thank you for like starting this podcast and getting me on it oh and that's probably it i really wouldn't thank too many people okay is that is that rude so he's out there with billy ray cyrus whips out the old school scroll to thank everybody and right. uh I don't expect anything less from Lil Nas X. I hope he thanked Trevor. Yeah. Do you think he knows Trevor? That'd be pretty cool. That would be. That being said, my list would be incredibly short. It would probably just literally be like a 10-minute spiel. Maybe like I would go on and say something like, make sure you go say, tell someone that you love them and tell them they're amazing today. Just tell them to subscribe to your YouTube channel. Maybe. I mean, it depends on how many subscribers i have at the time if i'm over like five million probably not because like then everybody would yeah, already know who i'm more on. the merrier yeah but then it's like oh another mic drop um then everyone would know who i am already so it really wouldn't matter you know fair but that you being know, said let's turn this thing around what are you winning who are you thinking you um know? i think i'm winning uh editing because i do a lot of editing for our podcast and stuff like that so i'm sure i'd be in that category and if i won gotta thank the squad the underground sports Philadelphia squad. I would hope there was a special Herm. I, I'll thank you, obviously, but um, <laughs> I would really hope that there was like a special Herm one in there. Like, thanks to Herm for um being the face of the network, literally and figuratively. <laughs> uh, obviously thanking the parents because without their basement, this wouldn't exist. Thanking the parents because with never mind, <laughs> without them you wouldn't exist. <laughs> My sister, who I'm sure Ryder Garnsey would also thank. Um, you know, it's Sarah. It's got to be done. And uh, that might be it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. I think that my list would have to be pretty short. Like, I mean... And I'd throw out, you know, the social plugs and all that good see, stuff. See, I, I wouldn't plug anything. I don't even plug myself anywhere, really. Like, obviously, at the end of the vlogs, I'll plug myself. But that's it. Like, I don't really care. Just gotta Love grow the guys. brand. Appreciate you guys. Um, but I think that's all we got for you guys this week. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Follow us on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Stitcher as well. Shout out to JoJo, obviously the man, the myth, the legend. And uh, follow us on Twitter at OTB Laxpod, at Underground PHI. Herm finally broke the 200 uh, followers mark, which means the uh, the dam has been broken. The flood is going to start. Herm's phone is going to be blown up. I hope so, but um, if you haven't already, make sure you go follow me on Twitter. I'm really funny. I post motivational stuff once in a while, funny stuff the other times. It's great to hear from you. Tweet at me. I'll reply 99% of the time, but I have a cheesesteak waiting for me. At OTB Herm. So, I will see you guys on the flip side. And we are on the Instagram.com as well, at OTB Laxpod, at Underground PHI. Subscribe to Herm's YouTube channel. Yeah, And uh, we'll catch you guys again next week for yeah. the playoff preview thank goodness we'll have lacrosse back because this is killing me and early next week we should have a big announcement potentially maybe even works. two big announcements so, so uh, stay tuned follow us on twitter until Bye. next time there's been episode number 67 of the outside the box podcast for herm i'm kyle we're signing off peace hey guys what's up welcome back to the outside the box podcast right here on the grand sports field i'm butthead
this is Beavis, and we're going to come at you really hard. <laughs> really hard. <laughs> you just did the Beavis voice and called yourself Butthead. Yeah, <laughs> I like to play Butthead. <laughs> Butthead. <laughs> Beavis, but. you're an idiot. <laughs> but we're going to score. Yeah, we're going to score. Beavis. You don't even know your own name. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we're going to score like Carfield. <laughs> <laughs>